If you have a comprehensive understanding of paid social, then I applaud you because it's definitely my weakest area. And it definitely doesn't help that there's a lot of contradictory information out there about best practice and almost nothing beyond just the basic boosting stuff. Now, I think that's why after talking to so many brands through this podcast, it's clear that even those brands with some of the biggest social teams still fall foul of some of the most common mistakes and misconceptions around paid social. Now for me, when I have to cover anything related to paid, there is one person who I always go and bother at their desk, and that is Social Chain's media planning director, Roxanne Parker. So of course, we just had to get her on so you can feel like you're bothering her at her desk too. Now, when we recorded this a few weeks ago, Rox was still paid social director. So first, a big congratulations to her on that very deserved promotion. And uh, hopefully that should give you some indication of just how good she is. Now, today we're talking to her all about the latest paid mystery, and that is TikTok ads. But before letting you know what you can expect from this episode with Rox, you may have seen the conversation we launched running alongside our recent episode with Meredith from Logitech. And I have the honor of announcing our winner. So drum roll, please. Thank you. Congratulations to at Stacewa on Twitter, who's been randomly chosen as a winner and will receive a Logitech Streamcam and a Blue Yeti Nano Microphone. So thanks again to our friends at Logitech and at Stacewa. Enjoy the prizes. Now back to today's episode. Rox delves deeper into pay strategies on TikTok with advice on why hashtag challenges aren't cutting it anymore and how you can maximize the full funnel suite that TikTok now offers from lead gen ads, conversion and app downloads. Rox, thank you so much for joining us on Social Minds. As you know, every week we start off our podcast with the overarching question. And this week that is, what is the key to creating a strong paid strategy on TikTok? I guess like you could probably start with identifying like what makes a strong paid social strategy overall. And it's things like establishing those clear goals as a brand and business, understanding the types of consumption behaviors on platforms and on how they're different across different platforms and then as always because social is forever changing the goalposts as I think all of us who work in social media know it's it's kind of understanding what is changing in the landscape and adapting to that because you can always apply those kind of base paid social strategy foundations but if you're not keeping up with the nuances of the landscape nuances of the platform that's when you you are going to fall behind and I think TikTok in particular there is definitely still huge nuances on that platform so always understanding what they they are and and leveraging them to give you that better holistic not only paid but paid owned and earned strategy I think are the kind of two crucial things and not to mention things like the creative on TikTok those are just part of the nuances and are totally key and yeah just working within how people are behaving on those platforms and complementing your overarching social strategies to that. TikTok was so active with their strategy at the very start of the platform. You know, we saw hashtag challenges absolutely everywhere. Do you think there's a way that brands could use TikTok advertising away from hashtag challenges? Could they mix things up a bit via other forms? Yeah. So back in the day, like hashtag challenges and I think like, you know, the top view buys where you're the first ad that's on the platform and someone opens it were kind of the two 
only and prominent buyers that you could have on the platform. And I think they, yeah, they're definitely still super valid formats um, for strategies such as like mass impact and especially not only getting awareness through a video, but you're also translating that awareness into generating a shed load of you know UGC and, and engagement within one buy. But I think the way it's grown and developed as a platform, it's the beauty of it now is that you can extend these campaigns and start to nurture all that mass demand that you've created during a hashtag challenge or within your top view of those bigger awareness buys and start to, you know, take them through that user journey, whether that's through like, you know, creator ads or even product based ads. It's just it's kind of grown as as a platform and allowing brands to tap into deeper dwell formats and formats that are probably more cost efficient because not every brand has you know endless amounts of budget so it's just set a bit of a more even playing field for brands to test the platform so yeah I think there's definitely ways to tap into the platform beyond just a hashtag challenge. How would you say Rox TikTok advertising has evolved over the last year or so because you know we've talked a bit about hashtag challenges but I think especially in the early days, a lot of brands heard a lot about dance challenges in particular. And there was a lot of, I'd say maybe like a myth surrounding the fact that they thought the only type of uh, content you could make on TikTok were these like dance challenges. Um, And a lot of brands didn't think that that would suit their audience. So what can TikTok offer brands in terms of its advertising model now um, that you don't think that many are aware of? Yeah, I think there is there is a lot of people that still probably think that uh, myth is true that it's just a lot of dancing teenagers and that's so beyond beyond the uh, platform now like there's so many different tribes and people building their own little communities like hashtag learn on TikTok is huge and you can see loads of uni brands and you know education brands tapping into the likes of it and I think that kind of skyrocketed when TikTok launched their self-serve platform and I think it was like mid last year that was launched globally so again kind of made it a bit more of a level playing field for more smaller advertisers so similar to you know other platforms and how their self-serve ads manager works it just it doesn't set a minimum spend so any brand can go in test the platform and you can select beyond just Know, awareness there's a full suite of campaign optimizations that brands can now optimize towards um different levels of targeting so targeting by interest custom audiences lookalikes so really starting to get to the stage where they are on that same line as other platforms now and you know, it's really easy to use ads manager like we use it on a day-to-day basis and i think it's just really helped open up to brands being able to test by doing that so yeah they're they're definitely not slowing down I don't think in that development either and we're noticing a lot more kind of performance orientated objectives and formats coming into the pipeline and roadmap and we're seeing them on platform now so yeah I think they are definitely trying to make it this platform where brands can not just you know if you want people to be dancing and joining a dance challenge fair enough yeah it's a great platform to do that it's an entertainment platform it's part of its bread and butter but it is just it's not solely that anymore Mm. if brands want to you know guide people to you know a makeup product by showing a creator 
creating some amazing Halloween looks with it, then they can do that and add the product at the bottom so someone can go and shop that. So it's just closing that journey and, and allowing brands to you know see deeper return on investment. So it's exciting times, definitely. And I think that leads nicely onto our next question, Rox. You know, with Facebook and Instagram probably the reigning kind of kings of paid, you know, campaigns can be so specific. You know, it blows my mind how specific you can get it probably down to I don't know what type of pasta someone likes to eat. You know, it is ridiculous. <laughs> is do you think TikTok is going that way? Can do you think we can get that specific? What kind of objectives can we get on TikTok? What kind of objectives can the the campaigns be geared towards on TikTok? Yeah, it's scary. Like <laughs> pasta. <laughs> what pasta do you like? <laughs> do you like to you know go crab fishing on a weekend? It's yeah scary <laughs> but having said that so in terms of like op, like what you can set your campaign objectives to it's pretty um on a similar scale to the other platforms now so you've got your awareness sectors so and things like reach all the way through to that kind of mid funnel consideration building of traffic video views engagement all the way through to driving a deeper action so they you can optimize towards app installs. They recently uh, launched lead gen ads as well, and then conversions. So in a similar vein to Facebook, adding that TikTok pixel on site, you can then you know remarket people who have been on your website as well. So it's all kind of leading towards that follow funnel suite of capabilities. And I think in terms of the targeting, it is a tricky one because I think back in the day, and especially for smaller advertisers as well, like. We always think, oh, be laser targeted. But I think in a time where we've got things like iOS tracking implications, which is effectively stopping the likes of Facebook from getting these data levers from sites about what people are interested in, we're, we're slowly starting to lose that from like these privacy measures um, that are being put in place. So I think what that will lead towards is probably away from brands, you know, laser targeting to what pasta you like but through to okay let's think of broad targeting and making sure our creative connects with the many and not the few so I think that's a whole broad topic in itself but and I I guess in terms of targeting on TikTok it is still relatively top level so it does filter in with that but there's still capabilities to build those custom audiences and I think the most important one across all platforms will be those you know, who's watching your videos. Um, You can create um, also on TikTok, which is a very interesting one. You can create audiences based on creator videos. So Mm. if I'm a DIY brand, I can reach people who have engaged with DIY specific creators, which I think is kind of leads into the the nuance of that platform that it is so community and creator driven. Mm. So they're just finding ways to, differentiate themselves from the other platforms but enable advertisers to leverage that as well so I think that's an interesting one but I do think they probably won't go as far to drill down into pasta lovers or crab fishers on the weekend (laughs) so so yeah I think that that creator models are really interesting and I I am keen to hear a bit more about that in a minute, but let's talk about the death of the third party cookie because I know you've spoken about it a lot, especially on the Social Minds Hub, but it is a very like current and real issue that marketers are having to navigate. Um, Obviously, lots of agencies and different brands are taking uh, different approaches um, to adapt based on what suits them. But as we are talking about TikTok, what role do you think this particular platform will be able to play 
for marketers with the absence of third-party cookies. Um, so you talked about things like retargeting before. Will that be affected? Yeah, so cookies in general, so across all sites, they'll be phased out. I think they've moved it to like mid-2023 now. So that there is a little bit of time. But what it will do is just means it's just enhancing people's privacy online. And so brands or, you know, particularly like display advertisers and elements like that won't be able to you know, find data of what sites you've been looking at to determine like your behaviours and your interests. So that will be slowly phased in and it is already happening on some platforms. But mm. what is actually happening right now is the Apple iOS tracking changes as well. So just like the era of GDPR a few years back, like there's not going to be any slowdown on protecting people's privacy online. And I think privacy and personalization can live to, together in some stance but I, you know I don't think it's a bad thing and I think it just make marketers you know work harder and platforms are still you know figuring out how best to adapt to the likes of uh, Apple's iOS 14 changes. Do you agree with our lovely Ben Harris that uh, it's something that we should embrace? Yeah I do I really do I think we should embrace it because people should have that choice However, I always think that people immediately, when they see that pop up and it's like, do you want us to track you? People are like, no. But at the same time, it doesn't mean... I'm not going to (laughs) lie, Rox, I've been saying no. No. And I just think, how ironic is that, that I'm on both sides, but Uh, I know too much. But it doesn't mean you won't see ads. You will still see ads. They will just be less relevant. So if you're okay with that, that's fine. Uh, But like, people should get that choice and that's... Absolutely fine. But for those that are opting out and and not, they're still seeing ads, I think, like I said previously, like, make sure your creative connects with the many, not the few, because you might not be able to include them in your targeting, but they might still see it. So it's just making sure that you can connect with as many people as possible and create that bond with your creative. I think it's going to make us work harder if linking you know, your strategy, but with your creative and making those work together. Um, I guess in terms of the role TikTok can play, um, I think it's a platform where the dwell time on it, I think it's over like 80 minutes now is the average time someone spends on TikTok daily. Uh, A day? Yeah. Let let listeners know what's your dwell time you've come. Full disclosure. Oh God, I'd have to get my screen time up. But the last time I checked, it was something like 11 hours a week, which I think is just horrendous. Dedication. Yeah, but that's it. It's like, once you've decided you're going into the TikTok app, you know, you've kind of like set yourself out to take 30 minutes out because you know it's not one of those platforms where you can just spend a couple of minutes on it. You're you're in. You're in the the rabbit hole of content. The rabbit hole. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. it really is because it is like shorter consumption whereas like youtube you might be searching for something that then leads you down a rabbit hole you're just just going through it It, there's so much variety and i think with that because it is such an entertainment-based platform like tiktok just stick into that usp of you know knowing that it's this like raw community driven lo-fi kind of area to play in and making sure they don't go beyond that don't transform into an instagram for instance like people love it for what it is and i think doubling down on that and helping and enabling marketers 
working with them to make sure they create content that connects with the many, not the few. Um, so understanding the creative nuances of TikTok, you know, gestures, what's trending on the audio, transitions, um, to really feel native in the space and have the ability to connect with more users where we might not be able to be drilling down into targeting them. Okay. It's just connecting with more of them. Yeah, and, and as you said there, Rox, you know, the, the proposition is so different between TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and that I think that's obviously part of its success. I think, you know, looking at that proposition alone, what's, what would you say the benefit then is using TikTok ads over other platforms? What does TikTok have that the other platforms don't have? You know, obviously we're saying you know, it's a lot more entertainment based. Does that mean TikTok ads have to follow that same way? Yeah, I guess in terms of right now, we're as a, as a business here, we're definitely seeing huge cost efficiencies just due to there's probably more inventory at the moment. So as you said, like everyone is, you know, Facebook and Instagram, the bread and butter, it's where the mass reach is. But what we're starting to see is like we are making cost efficiencies and actually seeing like really solid results as well. So we're seeing like five times more video views on, on TikTok when we've been running like for like tests and even down to performance of our recent tests, like cost per clicks are you know coming in at about 3p and 10 times cheaper. So it's not to... I think it's always key to say it shouldn't be an either or decision. It's quite critical to consider the role of TikTok for your brand and whether it makes sense to be on there. The same as you would do with with Facebook, for instance, and understanding, you know, if there is multiple platforms as part of your ad campaigns, like what is the purpose of those platforms for that campaign? What do you want it to fulfill? So is TikTok that arena where you're, you know, trying to tap into culture, whereas Facebook, it's just about getting those eyeballs and driving fame. So I think it's really considering that the purpose and, and not always having it as this either or decision. But, you know, brands that are kind of trying TikTok now, trial and testing, because it is compared to the other platforms still relatively in its infancy of you know, ad development brands kind of jumping on it now and trial and testing, they're going to put themselves in that better place because they will have, you know, made the mistakes, learned what works for them creatively and will be able to then, you know, go on to use that formula that's working for them time and time again and continue to drive those cost efficiencies. And I think one other good point and that I always found quite interesting is that I think it's, I think it's around, I don't want to, put this stat out there if it's wrong but it's, it's roughly around like 45 percent of tiktok users aren't actually on facebook mm. so wow. the benefit of using tiktok ads with your facebook ads is that you're just extending that reach and potentially driving new demand that might not have even seen your ads on social before so definitely looking at ways to complement other platforms is definitely what i would say the benefit of it is and it, it does have the cost efficiencies, which is no brainer for media planners at times. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, we talk about Facebook and Instagram being able to offer mass reach over the platforms, but that might not be the case for very long. I think like speaking to various people, um, especially on this podcast, the sentiment that we've gotten from brands when it comes to uh, putting their paid spend into TikTok has been a lot of people are very comfortable using Facebook's campaign manager 
Um, they think it's very easy, you know, which it is. It's very uh, user friendly. If you remember back in the day, people had the same worries about Snapchat advertising. It was a little bit harder to use. But I'm interested from your experience. Obviously, you guys work on TikTok's campaign manager all the time. How you think it compares to Facebook's? And if you think those sort of worries are still justified? I don't think they're hugely different. So within most of the ad platforms now, you have your campaign section where you set up your objective. Then you have your audience uh, scheduling, budgeting section, and then you have your create ad creative section. So I don't think actually it is that different. Obviously, I think like one of the bane's of every page uh, social person's life is when you know Facebook continuously changes something within its uh, ads manager, <laughs> or you know there's tweaks here and there. Like it is always changing. But I think the more you work in social, the more you just kind of expect it Mm. to come and adapt to it so I think yes when a a new advertising platform rolls out like there can be that initial will I uh, understand how to make this work as well as my ads manager but I think TikTok have done really well in building out a really easy to use interface and continuously developing that and not just in like the ads platform like the creative templates and stuff like that to just really help businesses both large and small to to make the ads really easily accessible easy to build easy to measure um so if anyone is scared like i just go in build draft campaigns and yeah go right just don't press publish if they are draft campaigns <laughs> <laughs> yeah my next question rocks really comes from personal experience which i think a lot of people listening could well have experienced as well so you know when, when building organic campaigns you know, we're looking at kind of, you know, globally organic, you know, high reaching campaigns. If you're going to create an organic campaign that you think will do well, that may not need paid behind it. I know you'd probably argue otherwise. Um, my question really is, does paid spend come at a price for the campaign itself? So do you think a, con- a contradiction exists between putting paid behind a post and then delivering that true authenticity that the campaign or the post set out to achieve? So, you know, that organic engagement sentiment, could that in theory be bought and then then not look as authentic? One of the first things is like, what what is authenticity in, in social? I know, Eve, you've asked this before, like, but what does mm. make something, <laughs> something authentic? Like, you know, most like if what nine out of ten posts on my Instagram have got a filter does that make it less authentic so on that stance I would query that but I I get what you're saying if you see that sponsors sponsored tag like people can spot ads a mile off now so they're clued up like especially like people coming up as digital natives who have always lived with a phone and digital by habit and nature I think probably the key thing and I I know I say it and say it again is is getting your creative right everyone thinks paid social is you know 90% strategy planning analysis when actually it's completely a balance of you know creative alongside that so 50 50 and and I think I'll probably say this at least once a day (laughs) but like for TikTok especially, it is their motto and their philosophy is make TikToks, not ads. So mm. if you're keeping your finger on the pulse, and even if as a brand you're 
watching organic traction skyrocket on a post like what's the harm on snowballing that further to you know generate more awareness gain fame on that post and for your brand and create yeah create that snowball effect there's there's nothing kind of stopping that there and and because the platform does feel quite lo-fi raw you know anyone feels like they can be a creator even I think the platform itself mm-hmm. is just an authentic platform and as long as you're making TikToks not ads it, it kind of gets past that in inauthenticity it's when brands just plonk you know your Facebook ad that's a graphic into TikTok that's when it's just like spotted a mile up it's an interesting discussion though because you think say if your campaign's goal was to get that sort of mass organic engagement you would like to think that if you had confidence that it could achieve that then you'd also be quite happy putting spend power behind it Uh, i'm interested in what you think is the best way of commanding attention on tiktok because we've seen um obviously i see i think some of the top view ads that you see um and even some of the in-feed ads are really strong but at the same time others of them are not so good uh, but one thing that i think we can all agree is a really good way of getting a tiktok audience's attention is by using creators i'm interested to hear what you think though rocks about how much you think that should take over someone's TikTok paid strategy um, because creators you know, can be expensive. Some brands aren't comfortable le- loaning a creative license to creators, even though we advise them to do that. So outside of that, how do you think brands should focus on commanding attention via their TikTok ads? Yeah, we, we know creators do drive that authenticity, as, as we say. Um, we are living in a world where it's so skippable so we can't just pump money like loads of money into forced attention like attention is so important now like that narrative that power narrative shifted from brands to consumers so like I think as part of your social strategy in general overall creators are really important but I think with TikTok and the nuance of it is at the moment you follow account um or I think even like previous high-performing videos, that doesn't count in towards the ranking in the algorithm. So effectively, if you're creating content, you're a creator. So brands can become creators themselves. And I think, again, it's just making sure you're not trying too hard, you're not overtly brandy on it. Um, and even like, like internally, what we do, obviously we have like people with very, you know, fundamentally strategic backgrounds planning backgrounds but then a huge part of our business is people who live sleep and breathe these platforms like they are the natives on these platforms really guiding and advising on the nuances of the creative happening on there so it's kind of like Mm. making sure you've got people in the business that are just using these platforms anyway so that you know as a brand how to kind of become a creator and obviously work with creators as well but where the budget isn't there how can you not even be using your own stuff you know there's, there's no reason why you can't um some brands are doing that as well mm-hmm. and it's worked really well that's it like a human face just talking normally as you would like doesn't seem like a brand's trying to sell something to you so it feels already you've gained the attention by just 
feeling native and using human people. Yeah, I guess also negates that authenticity point that we raised before. You know, if, if you've got, like you say, a, a face from someone from the brand rather than you're just seeing something being pumped straight at you, you actually feel a little bit more inclined to listen to them, I think. Definitely. And like if you put a flip on it, so you can still do like TikTok's great. There's so many ways to be creative. Like duets is uh, another great example. So you could just duet with celebrity, but as a face of your brand and have that as an organic mm. piece. Ryanair does that <laughs> so well. They always use the green screen face like over a plane. Like the fake plane is basically there in quotes, creator, but they'll do out like funny stuff where there's like a punchline has something to do with a plane and they're just so, so smart with it. Um, would definitely uh, recommend checking them out. That's it. Like have fun with it. Like don't be so, like doesn't it's not a serious space really. Like maybe even giving your brand a character like that. And if the plane is your TikTok character, so be it. There seems to be kind of two avenues here that we can go down. You've got creator campaigns, You've got TikTok ads. If I'm a, a new brand and I'm looking to start my, my TikTok, could you give me some pros and cons of, of either side? You know, what's what's dragging me towards creator campaigns? Does it depend just on my brand or what are the, the, the cons of using TikTok ads at the moment? Is it premature? Kind of list-wise, what would you think kind of pros and cons of each side are? Yeah, I think with like running your own content, I think say if you're a brand that's starting out, making sure that you have got like that, time to invest on you know creating the right content for the platform you've got the right people creating that content that know the nuances of the platform in and out I think if you have got that there's, there's no harm in the, trying to be that creator as the brand yourself the cons obviously if you're not really investing in time or if you're just using it as a channel to repurpose like it's just not going to work because there's not a uh, stronger platform where you have to be more native than TikTok I'd say because it's just so noticeable because it's a full screen video appearing in front of you and um, so just knowing how to behave like a creator but yeah on the flip side like if maybe you don't have that time to invest like TikTok influencers like if you're looking we understand all brands don't have huge budgets like there there is you know space to play in with like nano creators or up-and-coming creators on TikTok that you can collaborate with as well as that tiktok did launch spark ads recently so tiktok ads manager now where you can see if someone's mentioned your brand so like you were saying eve instead of having to dm them they could see it now in the ads manager and then you can just request to be able to leverage that piece of content so sometimes because tiktok is so full of ugc and people are so open to creating it because it's it, it is that platform that is raw, so people don't feel as, you know, oh, I've got a, you know, a high-tech production piece. <laughs> but, like, you can tap into UGC. So the pros of it is there is cost-efficient ways to, to use creators on the platform as a brand. Spark ads will definitely form a big part of that. And I think also just having it as a complementary mix, like, again, would hate to say, like, an either-or. And sometimes if the budget isn't there completely appreciate that but where it is and if you can even invest a small amount having that complementary mix so you know if you want brand awareness maybe you're doing those larger video buys or you know just a video viewing auction 
and then you want to drive a bit further consideration that's where you can maybe start to rope in some you know low-level creators up and common tiktok creators to you know be filming you know really creative stuff with your product and then finally you might want to tap into lower funnel all that you know new demand that you've created using creators and your own brand stuff like you know complementing that really nicely with dark paid ads with with the product so you know, collect the new collection ads on snapchat i think it's really trying to understand how it can complement rather than just going down one avenue budget permitting obviously no definitely it's really interesting to hear about those different stages as well um as someone who deals purely and organic because paid social can feel like a bit of a minefield sometimes if you're not familiar with it or if you're just starting out but I wholeheartedly agree about what you said um, about making your creative especially on TikTok feel native. I think by this point most brands are aware you have to make your content native to that platform. Um, Now that doesn't always translate to ads but I do think brands are getting better at it although it's more glaring when uh, it goes wrong on TikTok in particular. So in your opinion, you know, based on different bits you might have seen or things like that we're working on even, what do you think is the most effective way to make TikTok's, um, TikTok ads feel native? Because as we talked about before, it's not just, you know, like slapping on the text overlays over a video that you've shot, but there's, there's all sorts of different nuances to it. Yeah, I think like planning as you would organic. So using your organic as you pay ads, like is a great way to be native because it, it was designed to be organic on it I think that's a great way so thinking of all the elements like just crucial things like sound keeping your sound on using bespoke music using like the native features of the platform like the transitions like trending audio and elements like that and then trends I think trends are so key like it can feel native if it's a trend already happening in the platform because people are seeing it they're used to it, they're enjoying the trend, they're clicking on the trend hashtag, get involved in it and put a bit of paid behind it. Like, can't be more native than that. And then obviously the creator side, um, but maybe not as we know it. So not just thinking of influencers, but how can we be creators as brands? How can we use UGC? How can we use nano, micro, macro? TikTok specific, TikTok native influencers as part of our campaigns and how do we weave them in? A great example I always say is Pringles. They use creators but also made the brand forefront because at the end of the day, you do want people to remember your brand. So you've got to try and get that branding in there somewhere. And Pringles like put the can forefront and center and like the creators were like stepping into the can, coming out of the can as like a snake, I don't know stuff like that but it's a great way of I think it's spot on actually it's it's important to get your brand name in there so you've got that message association but in a native way so using creators using fun audio and transitions and just being like bring fun and creativity to it no definitely it's sound advice and I think a good place to end this podcast we've had a really great discussion today so thank you so much for joining us and for our lovely brands listening please go and try TikTok um, because there is lots of fun to be had thank you well there we go 
Roxanne Park. We told you she was a, a genius in her space and I really enjoyed that episode. I always love speaking to Rox, especially when we're around the office. And as Eve says, we're always kind of clinging around her desk looking for, <laughs> for gems and little bits of wisdom. But I think the main thing that came from that for me was, you know, you just have to be authentic with TikTok. It's not a platform where you can go into it and be, you know, super polished like other platforms have been in the past. You know, Instagram kind of really focuses on that kind of production value. But here, it's just having fun with your creative. And and if you do have fun with your creative, you'll be rewarded. You know, you saw that in the the example we talked about there about green screening your face onto a plane. I mean, <laughs> where else can that happen? And you can get the, the results that Rox mentioned there. I, 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 it is so unique in that aspect. Oh, definitely. And now I guess the good thing about putting out this episode at this time now is there are actually so many brands that you can go and learn from on TikTok um, who have mastered it already and are making that native content really, really well. Um, it's just, as Rock said, applying that to your ads. I think when it comes to ads versus organic content, brands suddenly revert back to, okay, well, it's got to look super slick, super polished. And, you know, as we covered today, you don't have to, you know, make your ads look bad to make them look native. You know, the two are not the same. They can still be high quality. They can still look good, um, but feel at home on the platform. And I think um, it's even more important in light of what Rox was talking about, about, you know, Apple's update and with third-party cookies going, as she said, you need to make content that, you know, appeals to as many people as possible on the platform, just in case you do miss them with your targeting. Uh, There's a chance that they'll find it, you know, just from the strength of the creative alone. But what I found interesting is, you know, we have a tendency as marketers to compare platforms and pit them against one in, one another, especially when it comes to tools, um, features and, you know, ad, ad tools. Um, but when she said 45% of TikTok users aren't on Facebook, um, so it's actually smarter to use your TikTok ads in conjunction with your Facebook ads. Um, so it's not one or the other at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it only stresses the importance of again tailoring your ads to where you're playing and we go back to go back to the the creative again the example that she gave that's just tapping into a trend obviously you can't necessarily do that on facebook as much it just won't work but you shouldn't be doing that anyway because of this that you know 45 percent it's a huge huge margin i was really surprised by that stat yeah me too but if 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 they're not on facebook then you're not going to serve facebook content on tiktok yes we know you shouldn't be doing that anyway but again they go hand in hand if you're tapping into trends through your paid, you've kind of got double hit there. You, you're tapping into a trend as one, but then people relate to it because it's what they're seeing on their feed anyway. So it's really, really natural. Yeah, it's different platforms for different purposes, isn't it? But I mean, if you are going to compare platforms or if you know, you're know you a brand that doesn't have the budget to work across multiple platforms and you just want to try it out, TikTok is a lot cheaper than Facebook, which we've learned today. And considering um, you know how much its campaign manager has actually evolved, and when you look at the addition of Creator Marketplace, um, which actually lets you pick, you know, the perfect creator to work with for a campaign. You know, it's not it's not cheap marketing; it's just cost effective. So definitely something to be aware of there. Talking of creators, tune in next week where we'll have more social updates in Social in Six, including an update on TikTok's creator offering. So don't miss that one. And episode four of Answered with Pollyanna Ward. <laughs>